You're listening to Random Fit with hosts Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, winner of a Gold Markham Award for Digital Media. What's up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts here with my friend and co-host, Ken Miller. Ken, how are you? Awesome. Wendy, how are you doing? Awesome, Ken. <laughs> Today's going to be a great day because we're going to talk about sleep but we're actually going to talk more about sleep apnea based on some current questions that we have gotten, not just from our NASM family, but also from some recent clients. And Ken, I know you know a lot about this because you've done a ton of research. So why don't you kick us off and just talk about sleep in general? Why do we need it? (laughs) We need a lot of good things happen with sleep. And when it comes to the quality of, you know, sleeping, you know, trying to get those eight hours, that's important without a doubt. However, uh, do most of us get that eight hours? No, I know I don't. Um, you know, two kids, a dog, uh, early morning clients, things like that. Eh, eight hours, that hasn't happened for a long time, Wendy. So um, the length of time, but also looking at the quality of time that you are in bed actually sleeping is, is something that's very important. And it, and it comes up a lot when I do work with my clients, because if I have my 5 a.m., 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. client in the morning, one of the first things I ask is, how well did you sleep last night? Because their response is going to have an effect on how I how I prepare their, their warm-up, right, as well as their workout. I mean, because it doesn't do any good to have somebody who has only slept for four hours to actually come in and do a, a heavy strength or a power-based workout when, if anything, I'm actually putting them at risk for injury because they haven't slept. So when you ask me the question, Wendy, why is sleep important? It's important because it affects uh, it affects recovery, right? How well did you recover from the previous workout? It affects coordination. It, it affects uh, time to fatigue. It affects, and you know, statistically speaking, it affects the rate of injury because when you look at Uh, People that have slept for four and a half hours or less compared to people that have slept, uh, I believe the number is six hours or more, they have a 40, 45% greater chance of injury when there is that disparity in the length of time when you sleep. So when we talk about sleep, just to talk about the amount of sleep, very important just because of what I just shared with you statistically, but qualitatively, um, it, it it's just as important. I mean, if you get the four hours of sleep, but it was good, deep sleep and quality sleep, that's good. That's manageable compared to somebody who slept maybe five or six hours of poor quality sleep where they were interrupted or kept waking up. But for the purposes of today's podcast on Random Fit here, we're talking about sleep apnea and what we need to know. And the the interesting thing here, Wendy, when you talk about sleep apnea, this is something that can affect up to 70 million Americans a year when it comes to how well they sleep. And sleep apnea, I've heard of it. I have clients who and family who experience it. But uh, as, like you said, Wendy, after reading and doing the research, uh, you you realize how uh, how much of an effect it can have on somebody's life. It's huge. Yeah. And when you're, you know, you mentioned how many Americans, but I mean, when you're looking at annual cost, I mean, we're looking at anywhere between 16 billion, that is with a B, billion dollars of healthcare cost 
due to lack of sleep, sleep apnea, and people that have been affected by lack of sleep and, and that's leading to this. And so that's what made me dive deeper because like you said, can when you're at rest and you go to sleep, people are like, oh, this is your time for your body to rest and your brain to shut down. Well, that's really not the case because your body and your brain, it's still working. It's just working in different ways. And so when we're looking at loss of pr productivity, people calling in because they're sick, they don't feel well, they're not sleeping well, the body doesn't have the time to recover. And your brain and body, while it's still functioning, it's going to stay active. And there's actually two major um, stages, if you will, of sleep. And so when you're talking about the REM sleep, that's right when you fall asleep. So that's the lightest sleep that you have. You can be woken up by someone saying mommy, which happens very often, a dog bark, tornado, or tornadoes for sure, but thunder, oh, rain, <laughs> anything like that. But that's your stage one. But there's actually stages two that have three different um, types of sleep cycles throughout it. And I found that to be pretty fascinating. And so when you're looking at the non-sleep, that's the light sleep, that's the disturbances, that's when most people spend unfortunately, a lot of their time, we should be spending more time in our second stage of sleep, where it's a little bit deeper. And then we want to try to get into the third stage. And that is where I don't know if you guys have children, but if you're trying to wake up your kid, and they don't want to wake up, and they are just out cold, or you can take them from a car seat and put them into their bed, and they don't move. That is when they're getting their deepest sleep. And that's when your body is really trying to heal itself. So with sleep apnea and looking into it, Ken, I found it fascinating because I don't have experience with that. Thank goodness. I don't have a lot of family members that have it that I know of, but there's actually two different types of sleep apnea. And so I don't know if you want to cover those for us, but uh, I didn't realize there were two separate. Yeah, I mean, let's. I think we need to, well, just to back up a little bit, when it comes to the deep part of sleep, um, again, the, the benefits and I think we do need to place value in this as far as the importance of sleep is that it's the deep part of sleep. That's when the, the muscular system and the nervous system, that's when they physically rebuild, but also in that earlier part of the deep sleep phase, that's where you have the memory uh, reconciliation. That's when you're organizing your thoughts um, in your brain, actually solidifying it into memory. Um, that's where that's important. So now as we get into the sleep apnea part, basically it's you stop breathing. So if you if you've uh, if someone has told you, let's say you've had a, a roommate or your spouse, significant other, anybody who's watched you maybe even take it, not, not just watching you staring at you taking a nap, but just anybody who's actually seen you take a nap, they notice that there's a disruption in your breathing pattern. This is what we would consider sleep apnea to where you stop, actually stop breathing. So the two that you you mentioned, I'm going to look at my notes here just for this. I don't want to forget anything. You have the obstructed sleep apnea as well as the central sleep apnea. So now the obstructed sleep apnea, and this is where a lot, this is where it happens from what I understand to be the more common uh, form of uh, sleep apnea when it comes to the obstructive view. Um, when you had a uh, a significant amount of weight gain doesn't even have to be significant to where you're you're you have more weight on you physically um it makes you it makes it harder to breathe just from a structural standpoint because now you have a, maybe even a thicker neck to where now it's closed the space a little bit uh to where now you have a, an actual physical blockage where air does not get in and out of 
the lungs um, as easily as it, as it should to where now you are you're actually choking right so um that is one form of sleep apnea and that's that's where you know you might if you see your doctor or if you go through a sleep study and you go through your statistics height weight and all that where they might actually recommend for you to get better sleep you might have to actually lose some weight right to help with the process so that's again that's another behavioral issue altogether but when it comes to uh other things that could physically block your airway uh uh, large tonsils, um, um, obesity, as I mentioned, but uh, also how you sleep. So if you're sleeping on your back or if you have a pillow that's basically pushing your head and neck into a position where you're not getting air in, um, those can affect the quality of the airway for you to get air in while you're sleeping. So the obstructive sleep apnea is what you're going to see a lot of people doing or experiencing most when it comes to sleep apnea. And what I found fascinating is when I was looking at some of the research, it does happen. A lot of times we think it happens in older individuals or people that have, that are aging when actually it can happen with our youth. Usually that's due to enlarged tonsils or adenoids that they will go get mm -hmm. removed. And the changes of these children before and after and reading the statistics of how much more sleep they're getting, better quality of sleep, like you said, their memory and their ability to kind of live in society <laughs> in, in a more peaceful way, just because they are getting the sleep they need just from that. So it's important if you do have children, make sure that when they're sleeping that you listen for that doesn't have to be a really loud snore, but family history is also really big as well as if there's a lot of congestion going on. Now, congestion due to allergies or allergies and stuff, that's what narrows the airway and the passages. So that might not be something that's long term. However, it is something to watch over time to make sure it doesn't get worse. And if I read it correctly, the one that you were just talking about, the obstructive sleep, that's the one that's more common. And it does happen two out of three males. They... Sorry, yeah. man, you guys are going to get it I worse know. than the females. I know personally that snoring <laughs> and sleeping with someone that snores is really, really destructive and disturbing when you don't have sleep apnea. However, if you can make sure that they're maintaining good breath and breathing, that's always a good sign too. But snoring is also an indication that that might be coming down the road if it's not there already. Well, it, you know, it's funny because I, you know, in talking about sleep and snoring and those, those are separate, like somebody who snores doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily having sleep apnea, right? Um, but their quality of sleep is in question. But to, <laughs> for that example that you just brought up, Wendy, you know, having the spouse or significant other, they are also sleep deprived as well. So it's not because you yourself are experiencing sleep apnea, but the fact that you may be interrupted as far as your ability to get to that deeper REM cycle is definitely a possibility. So if you, as somebody who is next to somebody who is snoring, I mean, the, the fatigue factor the next day um, is definitely possible, right? And that's, that's something you also read about is that as far as whoever is experiencing the snoring or is doing the snoring or having that sleep apnea, their partners usually will report having disrupted sleep as well. So 
Well, I know I personally have disrupted <laughs> sleep and I'm constantly elbowing, kicking, turning, like saying something <laughs> like, okay, yeah. just turn over, move over, stop, yeah. you know, turn, change turn on your side. Yeah. Any, any of those things. So I'm sure both of us are not getting quality sleep. That's for sure. But that is something number one to check for and think about the statistics that we just said. And those of you guys joining us on Random Fit today with myself, Wendy Bats, and Ken Miller, we are talking about sleep apnea. And of course, first and foremost, we want to talk, we just talked about obstructive sleep apnea. But the second one I think is also important to discuss. It's called the central sleep apnea. And this is where the brain isn't sending signals to your your body, you're, you're basically, it's not giving you the, it's time to breathe signal. And so therefore those signals aren't, you know, your brain's not controlling the breath. And this is something that can be due to your, you know, chest muscle, muscle issues, airway issues. It's not as common, but it does affect your central sleep cycle and system with the brain connection through the body when you are asleep which is scary when you think about that one, Ken, because it's not really something that you yeah. can change. It seems like that one is just something that you're born with and you have to work around. And it's a little unfortunate. Uh, yeah. And I think there's a, I mean, there is an intervention for that as well. Um, again, uh, this is where you do need to do a sleep study, which I've, I, just to share, I, you know, I've been told, that I should, <laughs> that I should go to a sleep study because they, you know, because they won't know, you know, what, which form, whether it's the obstructive or the uh, central sleep apnea that's responsible for you to stop breathing. So if you've been told, so here's what uh, I want for you, our listeners to uh, understand is that if you've been to told at any level, right? So whether it's from your physician, because you have you, you may have signs and symptoms of having sleep apnea, like yeah, maybe you have high blood pressure, maybe your liver profiles are not where they need to be, your uh, waistline, your, your midsection circumference is a little high, uh, you might have some um, uh, metabolic disease, cardiovascular disease, things that, you know, you know what we might call a syndrome X or metabolic syndrome. Sometimes there, I mean, there's, it's not causative, it's, but maybe correlative, but go to your doctor, get it checked out. And if, if there's anybody that's told you, okay, maybe we need to look at your sleep, go do a sleep study, right? Get it checked out and, you know, find out if it's one or the other, that way they can, they're actually observing you at night and they can, they can make a, a, you know, a, a founded, um, interpretation of, okay, what your situation is, because the, um, how they'll handle each one is going to be different. Yes. And I found that interesting. What I also found interesting being a female, often our signs and symptoms of sleep apnea are different than in males. Usually a male it's snoring. It's an indication of anything that we just talked about being overweight. You've seen that the blood panels, people are talking to you about it. But in females, even if you're not snoring, some of the signs and symptoms of you're not getting good sleep are ready. This is pretty much any woman that's ever had children, <laughs> but anxiety. So that's, that's a big one. Uh, daytime sleepiness. So if you feel really tired during the day, depression starts to come out of nowhere. 
And it's one of those where you're not, you can't pinpoint what's causing that headaches, especially um, in the morning when you wake up, that's a big one. Insomnia. So if you're having trouble sleeping, tiredness, if you're going through menopause, these are definitely things that as a female, you want to think about because if you notice that this is something that's constantly occurring, you need to talk to someone and maybe doing a sleep test or a sleep uh, study like you just mentioned, Ken, could really help you because it's just different. And it, we're not necessarily going to be this loud snoring train where you can hear someone stopping the, the breath. So I think it's one thing that it's important to point out. There is usually a difference between men and women. Yeah. And I think, I mean, going back to, you know, one of the things that we do in, well, what we do here, you, you and I, Wendy, on Ran the Fit is, you know, we're talking about fitness and how it fits into our everyday lives. Well, if you're talking about anxiety, sleepiness, you know, headaches, insomnia, tiredness, um, these are things that are going to affect your workout. So even if you have, okay, on your calendar today, I am going to work out at 10 o'clock. Well, if for some reason you're, you're, you're feeling a little anxious that morning or you're feeling tired, um, even if you do make it to your workout, you know, the, you have to question, okay, well, how good a workout are you going to get? Right. Um, not to mention, well, if it's about if you're riding the fence on whether or not you're going to the workout or just have a bowl of ice cream or, or something like that, sometimes that becomes a hard decision and you'll you'll oftentimes go with the easier option. So these symptoms that we're talking about, Wendy, will affect other behaviors in, you know, that you try to do on your day to day, especially if you're trying to maintain health and wellness uh, performance, right? So if you have disrupted sleep through, again, a, a diagnosed form of sleep apnea, that will affect how you perform on the field, in practice, in the weight room, uh, in your strength conditioning. And, and again, if you're competitive, it's going to affect you on, on the, on the competition field. Well, and then I wanted to say, we've heard a lot of people talking about the different devices that you can use at night that will actually help if, if there's a disturbance in your sleep and provide air through through uh, your lungs while you're sleeping. But I was wondering if there were other ways. And so when you're looking deeper into the research, one of the first things that the doctor will do, especially after a sleep study, or if they do find out that you have sleep apnea, is they're going to ask you to change your daily activities, making sure that you are living a healthier lifestyle. They're going to ask you then, if you, especially if you're a back sleeper. And we've always, always been told if you're sleeping on your back, that's the best for you. However, they're going to say you should sleep on your side. And I know when I was pregnant, they were saying actually sleeping on your left side is better than on your right side. I don't know if that's because of the baby or just in general, but it's actually a little less ease and it's easier for your organs when you're sleeping. So if you choose left or right and you can sleep either way, go left. Why? I don't know. My doctor told me so. So that's what I do. Uh, avoid alcohol, avoid smoking. Sleeping pills are not necessarily the way to go look at the herbal supplements that you're taking. Is there caffeine involved or any other type of medication that could cause some reason why you're not getting good enough sleep? And then of course, lose weight if you're overweight. Those are the, the easiest things that you can do. And I say easy, I mean that meaning that you are in control of some of those versus yeah. you're just having to deal with it because that's what, you, what you're born with or what you're dealing with at that moment in time. 
But then, of course, there's the big CPAP. So, Ken, why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? Like, what is a CPAP, first and foremost? Uh, CPAP is an acronym for a continuous positive airway pressure. So, overall, if if you if you don't have one, um, what it is, it's they come in different forms. They basically you have this this strap that goes around your head, and it secures a basically it's a nose piece that can take a couple different forms. One, it just covers your nose, right? And uh, there's another one that actually goes inside your nostrils. Now, what it does is it provides this continual airflow into your nasal passage. So as it flows up through your nose, it'll force air down your airway. So instead of just relying on you breathing and expanding the chest and pulling air in, it's actually pushing the air in there. That's why they call it continuous positive airway pressure. So it's actually pushing air into um, into the into the lungs. So that's what it is. And the problem there with some people is just the fact that they have to have something. Uh, well, having something strapped onto their head and into their nose, and having something connected to their face uh, might be a little bit uncomfortable. But from a few of the clients that I know that actually use a CPAP when they remember to use their CPAP, um, uh, you know, they get used to it, right? It might be one of those things too. They fall asleep at 10 o'clock and, you know, they wake up at three o'clock and they take it off and then they just continue their sleep. But at least they've had, you know, four or five hours of restful sleep with it in before they actually take it off. And then there's those that's like, you know, like there's a, there's a friend of ours, Wendy, that actually can't sleep without it. Right. So, <laughs> um, but there's also uh, a tra travel version. So if you are on the road, you are sleeping in hotels, or if you, if you're like me, that someone who has trouble sleeping in hotels, you know, it's something worth thinking about, especially if quality of sleep on the road, when you're traveling, whether it's vacation or for work, um, anything to give you another hour or two of good quality sleep, or even just whatever sleep you get, if it's good quality for you, um, something to look into. But this really helps that continuous flow of air. Um, not that, you know, you're just being pumped full of air, but it does match the, yeah, there, there is a pressure gauge that, that, that it does have. So it is monitored to match the flow of air that would normally come into, into the lungs. So that's the CPAP. Yeah. Some people, you know, once, once you start it from what, Basically, the consensus is once you start it, those symptoms that you talk about, the fatigue, feeling tired in late morning or early afternoon, those pretty much go away when you're using it. Well, and I think it's also important because there are people that really need it. And so I know I have a client of mine that actually talked about this new innovative type of CPAP, but it's not a CPAP at all. And because he has really bad sleep apnea and what he notices, he was having a lot of side effects and there are side effects to a CPAP. Most of those can be bloating in the stomach. It could be sore eyes, headaches. Uh, what was some other one? Irritation of the skin. Uh -huh. His wife was having a really hard time with the CPAP because she can't sleep with the noise. I guess it produces some noise where he was really struggling or she was really struggling with that because she likes to sleep in total quiet, which I understand that as well. I like dark and quiet personally myself. But he ended up getting something called the Inspire. 
And if you guys didn't know, there are other alternatives out there to, than a CPAP. So if you do have sleep apnea and you haven't heard of some of the latest and greatest, I'm not an advocate for this. I just know about it because I had a client that just went through the testing and just got the implement actually put into his body. So I've seen it. I've heard all about it. And it's fascinating to see how it's monitored. But this is called an Inspire Sleep Apnea Innovation, if you will. And it's an upper airway system that is designed to open up the airways during sleep. So exactly what you were talking about. But what's interesting is you have to go in and get tested to see if you are a good match. It is very expensive. So this client obviously has the funds and the means to be able to do this because I do not think it's covered by insurance, but they, they implement a device and his device is on his right side. And it's the size a little bit, it's almost like a nickel if I had to say what it feels like, and it would be almost where, I don't want to say where you would put, well, it's right underneath the clavicle. That's the best place to put it. And you got to think about where, when you breathe those muscles, the diaphragm and where, where your whole rib cage and everything starts to expand, they actually implement it there. And it lasts about 11 years. And what they do is from that implement, they put these wires up through his nose, I mean, uh, through his throat that goes up somewhere around his nose and he turns it on with his phone. So when he lays down at night, they put this, he puts this phone, like his phone up to this device, it turns it on and then he's able to sleep. And so it does the same type of thing, I guess, as a CPAP. However, it's one of these things that lives within inside of you and it can be adjusted. He goes in, meets with his doctor. The doctor looks at his sleep cycle. They're asking if he still feels like he's tired, then they turn it up. Because they have to wait, obviously, for that to heal. And then they start the process and the treatment. And he has said he has never slept better in his life. Oh, his wow. wife obviously doesn't have to hear it. It's something that it's not rechargeable. He doesn't have to worry about plugging himself in or some other thing <laughs> to happen. He will have to get it replaced. But he said right. it's worth every every penny. So the whole point of me saying that is there are other devices out there that if you can't do a CPAP, you know that you need it. Just look around, see what new technologies out there and try it because you need to be able to breathe when you sleep in order to have yourself feel because I mean over time you can imagine what's going to happen you are going to get really sick and your body is going to start to shut down um does your does your client have the that central was he diagnosed as far as one form of sleep apnea or another no, I just know his was severe. I didn't ask him which form uh, at the time. Okay. Maybe now I will because I didn't know until we did the research there were two different types. But I've I've watched it along the way, going through the testing, watch looking at his his stitches, and they're just really small. But it was something, and I have to be very careful when I do manual work that I don't find the wires. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's one of those yeah. kind of things too, where you have to be careful and it's important that you know where, what you're doing, especially if you are going to be working on the neck or the shoulders to make sure that you don't mess with right. the implement, but right. it is fascinating. And then looking at the data that he has before and after he's got a, an aura ring that he looks at his data, it used to always say, pay attention when he went to sleep. Now he's all green light, good to go. And he was using a CPAP with the pay attention because he just was not able to sleep well with that type of device on. Wow. That's good. Feedback, wearables, they'll save your life. Uh, so <laughs> you're listening to uh, Random Fit with both Wendy Bass and I, Ken Miller. And today we are talking about sleep apnea and what you should know. So again, we're not the, we're not 
we're not doctors, we're not diagnosing, but we are saying that um, if anybody has told you that you've stopped breathing uh, <laughs> in the middle of the night, uh, we, we're highly suggesting that you get that checked out because as you said, Wendy, um, you need to breathe when you're asleep. So uh, you have, are you familiar with uh, Joe Coy, comedian? Uh, no. <laughs> no. He has his, so it's funny, you know, reading about sleep apnea, uh, he has this he has this shtick in his uh, not shtick he has this this little skit that he does in his stand up where i guess his mom was telling him like he he just she she's watched him like sleep on the couch and then all of a sudden he's sleeping and the next thing you're the next thing that happens you <laughs> right so now he's just gasping <laughs> like he's drowning he's just gasping for breath right so basically it sounds like he is drowning, right? Like, cause you just can't yeah. breathe. So I bring that up because if anybody has told you, Hey dude, you stop breathing, go get it checked out. Or if you find yourself waking up gasping for a breath and which is something that um, people will comment on because they'll wake up out of what they thought was a deep sleep. And next thing you know, they're, they're panting, they're out of breath. It's because they've been suffocating. Right. So if it was in case of that obstructed sleep apnea to where you're just blocked and you can't breathe. Yeah, you are suffocating. And it's that it's that low oxygen, high CO2 that the that your scent, your your receptors are telling you, it's like, hey, this dude, you stop breathing. You need to wake up. That's when you need to go get it checked out. So and when somebody case, tells you yeah. that and then says you're snoring a lot and that they really want you to get it checked out and you're married, please just do it. <laughs> Please just go. <laughs> just, just, just go. Don't, just do it. <laughs> Wait, is that a slogan of somebody's? But yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Just get it checked out. Uh, so. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we did this because it was informative for me. I feel a lot better when my yeah. clients ask me about it. And again, seeing the, the Inspire, learning more about CPAPs. Fortunately for me, I have not had to deal with that yet. Yeah. And hopefully I won't ever. But if, like you said, if it is something that you are worried about, or you have a loved one that you're worried mm -hmm. about, just go get a sleep study done and then you'll know. Yeah. I mean, 70 million Americans, $50 billion of, of money's lost due to lost productivity and medical care. It's not a small deal when it's at this scale. So on behalf of uh, Random Fit, we're telling you. If anybody's ever told you, go get it checked out. So great episode, Wendy. Thank you for all your commentary, especially sharing your information or showing, sharing your experience with your client, especially how it has changed your client's life. Mm -hmm. So for those of you listening to us here on Ran the Fit, thank you so much for listening to this episode and listening to us talk about sleep apnea and what you should know. So if you like this episode and there's other things you want to hear us talk about on Random Fit, like, follow, subscribe, download, share, and comment. Let us know, right? We can't, we can't put on information, good quality information, if we don't know what you want. So until next time, everybody, take care and be well.